Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Alexis. And Alexis actually isn't that far from me, just a, a short trip down the A1 here in the UK, down from Lincoln to Stamford. Uh, good to have you on today's podcast, Alexis. Thank you very much, Simon. It's great to be here. Good. And let me tell you a little bit, listeners, about Alexis. He is an award-winning entrepreneur with over 10 years of experience experience, experience, get my teeth into gear, uh, and is currently running two um, SaaS businesses. I think, is that how you say it? SaaS businesses? S-A-A-S? Yes, yeah, that's Software right. Software yes. as a service? That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about later on, and has a growing team of 16 plus people, and supports others as a board member and consultant coach, uh, e.g. Sony Interactive Entertainment. So, some good names there that you'll work with. The thing we were just talking about is I know we're both located uh, in the UK. We're not too far apart, but you mentioned your team are further afield. And just give us some of the locations that other members of the team are located in. Sure. So, yeah, so as, as a team, um, right from, yeah, as I say, when we kind of got started uh, with the uh, first software business about 10 years ago, um, we uh, decided that we'd be a, a remote business, that we'd all work remotely. It was something that myself and my co-founder, Paddy, uh, were keen to do, uh, even before we'd um, uh, put down roots and got wives and kids and all that kind of stuff. We, right. we knew yeah. that we wanted that kind of flexibility, and we, we felt like to do that, we'd want to create that for others as well. So, you know, way pre-COVID, we've been working remotely for a long time. Um, we've now got team members in uh, everywhere from US, Canada, Venezuela, across the UK, um, Spain, Sweden, Italy, Kenya, India, and I may have missed some as well. And that's just about <laughs> as international as you get then. It, it says here in, in the bio, obviously, you, you've been talking to lots of business owners and help them understand um, what holds them back from systemizing their businesses. Just for the listeners, just give us a little bit of a backstory of why you're so passionate about systemizing businesses. Sure. So uh, way, way back. So before I even started my own consultancy and own software businesses, uh, my background was as a process consultant. You know, I've always loved business. I love the, the way in which businesses work and understanding that and improving things and, and so on. I've, got, uh, I've always had a sort of very methodical, logical approach uh, to, uh, to, to business in that way. And sure. so way back then I was working with, you know, very large companies on, uh, million pound, uh, plus, um, consulting projects as, as part of a, a, a large global consultancy firm that I was part of, um, helping them to, to improve their processes. Sure. Um, and, but I knew that I wanted to start my own business. And so when I did, uh, it took a while before I saw where, that 
fit into what I was doing with my own businesses. Because actually, when you first start a business, it's all about product market fit. It's about identifying what's the customer's need that you're actually going to fulfill and then finding a way to fulfill it and working out what's the right sales process to convince someone that you're going to be able to meet their needs and uh, that you're going to then uh, and, and the process of then delivering to those needs and so on and then there's the working out the marketing that drives those leads and all these sorts of things yeah, yeah and of course it takes quite a while before process becomes a problem in your business in fact I remember almost having to resist getting into processes too early in the business because of course you start trying to scale something that you haven't proven yet uh, you can spend a lot of time and money on uh, before you've even worked out yeah. uh, what's going to work. And so um, it wasn't until really I started to, to grow my software business uh, with uh, a few members of staff that it really became clear, ah, okay, now now these process skills are going to sure. have to come, come into play um, because what I found is that um, you, you can't grow your business successfully unless you can document and delegate those processes that work. Yeah. Whether that's yeah. that the sales sense. process of how to convert uh, a lead to a paying customer, whether it's taking that customer through a, a, an onboarding journey and getting them value and, and yeah. uh, demonstrating that so that they uh, are you know retained for a long time, um, or whether it's even just your finance processes, you know, working out what works and then getting it off the business owner uh, and over time off the leadership team so yeah. that it can be done uh, by other people. So yeah, yeah. that was kind of really my, my journey and passion for it um, with my uh, uh, first, off, uh, first software business, which is uh, Spider Gap, which is a 360 degree uh, feedback tool for employee development. Yeah. Um, and that's what led us to, uh, to then found uh, Air Manual, which is a, a tool for <laughs> Uh, documenting and um, uh, your processes and creating checklists for onboarding and and so on. Yeah. yeah. And, and listeners, I hope you can sense there the passion that Alexis has for that as well, because that's really important, isn't it? You know, that when we do something like, and I talk about, about you listeners, but I, I was really starting to feel overwhelmed, you know, and you do sit there and all the things you said there about, you need to do this, you need to do that. It is a, a heavy Absolutely. load to, to carry around isn't it and without even thinking about the processes you're absolutely right you, absolutely. you've got here on your bio as well uh, some interests now, i'm intrigued with a couple of these okay because uh, there's <laughs> there's one that's a particular interest of mine which is always whiskey so i'm a i love my whiskies uh and i was gonna say i'm a big whiskey drinking person but i'm sure that's the wrong thing to say in a context <laughs> like this but i do like my whiskies uh but you've got skiing and skateboarding now I'm going skiing, hopefully fingers crossed and everything else hands together uh, at the end of March, because we should have gone skiing um, on the first day of UK lockdown. Mm-hmm. When the very first lockdown, that Monday, we were supposed to be flying out to go skiing. But to me, skiing is one thing. It's both feet wide apart on two things with a good stance. Skateboarding you know, is completely counterintuitive to that, where I feel completely out of control I've got both feet planted on something where I don't seem to have any grip. Just explain to us how how those two work out for you. Cool. Well, <clears throat> so where to start with this one? So I guess I have to uh, explain uh, first that my skateboarding did, uh, is not something that I've been doing for a very long time. Oh, Whereas okay. skiing is something that I picked up and I, I started learning uh, I think I was probably about 12, 13. I went on my first ski holiday, done yeah. it for over many years, really enjoy it. And 
uh, always uh, because my um, uh, business partner Paddy uh, is uh, based in Sweden. Um, we have to meet up. Right. You know, we need to meet up on a regular basis. It's good for the health of the company. Uh, and so, why not meet up in the Alps as part of your uh, uh, yeah. annual meetup? So, um, so that's what we do. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, we we met up uh, the last time that we were able to meet up skiing was uh towards the end of february so we got uh, we our trip was uh, sort of yeah. pre uh, covid hitting and i remember actually uh, getting in the taxi with him and saying before we do this four days of strategic planning uh, yeah. i think coronavirus is going to be a problem and it's like really what that thing that's every turn it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah i think so and um and on the plane i'd put together okay here's what i think we do if revenue drops 25%, 50%, 75% more. Wow. And we've got basically got scenarios for each of those um, uh, because uh, to some extent, one of my roles uh, in, in the business versus Paddy's yeah. is, is that of kind of CFO, if you like. Yeah. So I was kind of bringing with that hat on, like this is what could sideswipe us. Um, and so we, uh, in the in the taxi, we kind of, uh, the transfer to the, to the resort, yeah. um, you know, reviewed that made a few changes and went yep that's what we do but we hope that doesn't happen and then proceeded to spend the next four days working on the assumption that it it uh, wasn't going to happen because right. at that time it wasn't a given yeah, yeah. Um, and it took another I think a week and a half before the financial markets responded and started yeah. to realize oh yeah this is going to be a problem so it feels quite funny to think about my last ski trip in the context of where we're at well, now but um, I don't know about you and, and I know people might be listening to this at different periods but you know, it just seems so far away but it's almost I think what the pandemic has done it's given us some kind of time warp you know, I was talking to my wife yeah. this morning uh, you know, we'd been round to the neighbours and we had a drink between lockdowns, as you could, we're outside and we're saying, yeah, but, you know, it's been 12 months since we did that. And, and my wife said, no, it's not 12 months. It's 18 months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, no, no, it wasn't. It was last year. No, it wasn't. It was the summer mm. before. And, it, yeah. you know, it, it just seems to have just swallowed up the time. It's a, it's a very strange experience, but I think um, it's a useful uh, exercise and reminder for us as, as business people in, in those side swipes can, can happen in a variety of ways. Yeah. And I've seen it for other entrepreneurs. I've seen it, you know, an industry swipe. So, you know, whether it's something like swine flu impacting, you know, very specific industries and a number of years ago, or so whether it's dot-com bubbles or credit yeah. crunches or whatever comes along, there's always going to be some side swipe that comes yeah. Um, and this just happened to be one that uh, Im impacted uh, more countries, more people, more industries than than anything we've had for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think it's good to be ready for those uh, things. But uh, so hence, um, so skiing is something that I've been doing a while. Uh, whereas perhaps like uh, risk management is uh, skateboarding is something I've come to more recently. Right. Um, and it, was, it about... was one of those New Year's Eve things, wasn't it? Where you said, what are we going to set as New Year's <laughs> Eve? I know, I'll try and learn skateboarding. I did that with unicycling some years ago. I, <laughs> did uh, you? Yeah, I bought two because the first one, because I, I couldn't do it, it must be the unicycle that's the wrong one. Brilliant. So I bought another Excellent. one. <laughs> Excellent. That's so good. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, uh, and, and that's what you're saying is what you ended up with was a bicycle. Yes. It felt <laughs> like it. Yes. It wasn't. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, no. This. So this happened. This came about because um. Uh, so my my mum bought uh, uh, my son um, uh, a skateboard. Um, ah. uh, and uh, and my son um, uh, said to me uh, as he was starting to learn. He said, "Daddy, will you, will you learn with me?" 
because um, uh, my son at the time uh, would have been seven, um, and uh, and I thought, well, okay, as a as a middle aged guy advancing years, that like you know falling off a skateboard, you know, and I'm not I'm not light, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm reasonably heavy, you know, I've, I've I've lost lost some weight, you know, the last few years and got a bit fitter, yeah. but I'm I'm still heavy. Falling and breaking my wrist could actually <laughs> cause right. a bit of a problem for yeah. software episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't feel able to tell him that I wouldn't do it because it was dangerous. Yet he should still. Um, yeah. And so I thought, <laughs> if if I if I feel it's safe enough for him to do, I've got to do this too. Um, and so I said yes, and then a week later he said, "Daddy, have you got your skateboard yet?" <laughs> so okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, I've got to I've got to actually deliver on this. So I bought the skateboard. And uh, and so started to learn with him. And, and I, I remember on that. the first on the first day, I fell over twice, um, uh, both painfully, um, and particularly on the second one. I was thinking, why am I doing this? Maybe I don't yeah. do this. And he was he was brilliant. He came over to me and said, "Daddy, I think that you just need to learn a bit more." And I <laughs> think that's a words. great I, exactly. It's it, it it's a great reminder because of course, um, a little bit like you with you with the unicycle. Like I felt I fell off. And thought, huh, okay, didn't quite get that right, but I'll try again. And then tried again and, and was it seemed to be going quite well and tried something else and fell off and like winded myself and mm. thought, oh no, this this could be bad. Um, but as he said, I just need to to learn more. And so mm. as I sat on the, the little park bench in the play area that we uh, happened to be next to, so I hurriedly pushed the kids in there and said, you, you play for a bit, I'm going to have to sit down. <laughs> yeah. um, I sat and I, I uh, brought up a YouTube video that, that I'd shown him when he was, you know, when he was starting to learn a week before and thought, yeah, I need, I need to learn more. And yeah. so I watched the video and then I watched a few more about, you know, the, what can result in the fall and all this kind of stuff. And I realized that, yeah, there were just a few little things that I needed to change that would then mean that I wouldn't fall off. And I didn't. And I didn't fall off the rest of that day or the next day or the following oh, no. week or the week after that, the week after that. And I, I now skateboard my son to school in the morning. Um, so he skateboards, wow. I skateboard, my daughter scooters. Uh, oh, that makes you such jogs. a cool dad, though, doesn't it? Um, well, it, it, it's, I'm glad you think so, Simon, because <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it was only a few days in. Uh, to doing that, uh, that one of my friends, uh, uh, a, a dad of uh, one of the other kids at the school, um, saw me on the high street skateboarding home <laughs> after dropping off the kids uh, and videoed me, um, added uh, some music from Back to the Future and posted it in the <laughs> WhatsApp dads group <laughs> for all to see, yeah. which, um, which I must, uh, at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, should I not be doing this? Is this is this embarrassing and no. uh, and a shameful thing to do? And um, I remember uh, it, it, thinking that actually, firstly, I know that I care uh, in general throughout my life. I've cared yeah. too much about what other people think and yeah. not really about what I enjoy or what's right. You know, not about what's right. I've got a high sense of ethics, but more about you know what's what do I want to do? Like I've yeah, I, yeah. I've I've tended to, and it's only really in the last sort of five six seven years that I've really developed and, and built that muscle of being um more directed by what I think is the right thing or the most enjoyable thing or whatever than yeah. worrying too much about what other people yeah. and I think I think and I think that's a, a really hard thing particularly when you're first starting out in business because yeah. you care a lot about what the people think about whether it's your website 
or, or how you show up or the presentation yeah. you gave or whatever. And, and people are so keen to chip in, aren't they, and tell you how you should be looking, behaving and et cetera. So no, I, for me, that makes you a cool dad. So yeah, <laughs> def, definitely. Thank you. And, and you know, uh, those that are listening to this, you know, again, you know, if there's any way you can let us know what you think, that would be great to give feedback to Alexis on whether he's a cool dad, so thumbs up or thumbs down for the cool dad thing. That would be Fantastic. great. Fantastic. That's, that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be a brilliant exercise in developing my ability not to care what people think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. uh, let's let's start talking about a little bit about the coffee. I know you've got lots of um, things you can share about the coffee as well. So give the listeners a little bit about the the coffee that you're drinking there because we're mixing this up a little bit from the usual uh, stream of flow of the conversation. But just tell us a little bit about the coffee you're drinking today and why. Well, it's, it happens to be a perfect segue because uh, in relation to sort of losing the ego and worrying mm. about what people think, uh, my coffee is probably quite a good uh, illustration of that. So there's a, a few things. So firstly, I am drinking decaf. I mean, it is it is the afternoon, but also I've, yeah. I've learned that my body, if I've had more than one caffeinated drink of the day, I, I sort of start to feel a bit jittery and, and whatever and, and, and realized one day, actually, I think this is down to coffee. Yeah, um, yeah, and, so, and so as a result, switch to decaf. And honestly, I can't, uh, I can't tell the difference enough that it changes my enjoyment of the drink. I'm sure that if, yeah. I, if I do a blind taste test, I can tell that they are different drinks, but it doesn't change my enjoyment of it. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. so, so as a result, it is decaf. Um, I've tried lots of different, uh, you know, uh, uh, coffees and cafetiers and all these sorts of things. But for speed throughout the day is like uh, an instant coffee is helpful when I because of the number of cups I like to drink throughout the day. Yeah. So it it is a form of instant. It's uh, Nescafe Azera. And I don't, sorry, sorry, we're not getting sponsorship money for this. So I'm no, sure no, that, but I'm, I'm, I'm always open to, to sponsorship from Nescafe okay. at any time in the future. <laughs> get, get into it. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's it's Azera, which uh, in fact um, my father-in-law once spotted me drinking it. And I said, oh, it's really good. It's um, it's like this fine powder, and so it completely dissolves, and it, it's sort of a bit frothier than the yeah. the normal sort of weird shaped granules that you normally get with instant <laughs> and he laughed and said yeah that's what it used to be like and then they made it into those weird shapes and said that that was better <laughs> and because it's all, it's all marketing but anyway so i'm drinking desk of Sahara, and then um i do have a uh shot of um sugar-free syrup in it because i right. i'm conscious that the amount of uh, sugar I would be drinking over the course of the day would be uh, too high, uh, too high for my weight loss re- regime. Yeah. If I was drinking with sugar, so it is sugar-free. Unfortunately, I know that you've uh, uh, you're, you're not anti uh, syrups. I know that uh, no, no, some no. Co- coffee aficionados would be against it. In fact, I've we've, I've gone to local coffee shops and stands recently or uh, over the last few months where you go and say, "Do you have any syrups?" and they look at you as if you've <laughs> <laughs> come in and ask for yeah. you know tea but, but, but sometimes you've just got to uh, just either take the edge off sometimes it's just that little bit more enjoyable isn't it you know yeah why not yeah why not if you enjoy it and i think that's the key isn't it that's, that's the, the whole point yeah that's what's come through all of this podcast it doesn't matter what you drink if you enjoy what you drink then that is the most important thing that's the vital thing isn't it so yeah exactly right and tapping into that and uh you know <laughs> admittedly uh, telling people about the details of my coffee drink is not something that I, I normally do. Never, never mind publicly on a public yeah. podcast. Um, but, um, but I'm, I'm comfortable in myself enough now to be able to admit yeah. 
that I that I drink instant coffee with syrup and with milk with a with an interesting invention that my wife stumbled across uh, when there was um there was a small amount of milk left in the carton one day just before she poured it in yeah and so she shook it up and poured it in and of course then you get like a froth on it as if you've got oh. a cappuccino. Yeah. It's like the quickest way which you can make a yeah, steaming yeah. cappuccino. Yeah. Just shake up a bit, small amount of milk at the bottom. Co- put it cold in. milk? Uh, yeah, it's cold yeah, milk. Yeah, yeah. Cold it milk, doesn't seem to matter. I'll have to try that, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, so there you go. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm and, drinking. Yeah, when I think, yeah, I remember once paying, uh, I've got a, an espresso machine, it's a KitchenAid one, and um, I, I paid £80 for this complex frother that puts a little whisk thing in it and you put the milking and it spins it up and pops it. It never gets used because one, it's the opposite color to the Nespresso machine that my wife loves everything almond cream and this is black. Right. So she won't, she won't have it on the work surface. So because it's away, I don't get to use it. And you've just given me an enlightening moment now that all I need to do is just actually just shake it a little bit before I put it in. Yeah. Does there the you same go. Thing. Does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I could have saved myself yeah. eighty pound, but it's, I mean, you have saved me keep getting it out of the cupboard, so that'll be a that'll yeah. be a plus. So you've helped now me I systemize just... it and uh, get a better process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and now now I just need to patent a small container which you would pour the milk into before shaking. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called a bottle. <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. But 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 because I'm in tech, we'll we'll uh, remove one of the T's. Yes. <laughs> and make it like dot co at the end. Yeah. Or dot io. That seems to be dot the thing. Io, yeah. Dot io. Yeah. <laughs> Bot dot io. Something that's like right. that. Yeah. yeah exactly. Be, oh, that's it. Right. We can we can now retire. We've <laughs> we've made our millions just creating that right there and then. That's right. Is this the, the, the there'll be a link for our Kickstarter campaign? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Crowd, crowdfunding appreciated. So there you go, listeners. You've heard it here first. So so thinking about your your business and you've given us some some insights into that uh, and particularly and you know, I love the way that you were on the ski trip and you know, you've given us a great insight there of how we can. You know, get together on a regular basis, you know, annually or quarterly and do that kind of brainstorming and, and thinking and planning and reacting. And you're right. You know, I've been in business long enough to see lots of different disruptions, uh, both worldwide with the banking crash, recessions in the 80s and 90s. There's always a disruption around the corner. But what would you like to share with the listeners that has been something that's been sig- really significant or something that's happened and then more recently yeah so i guess um uh aside aside from uh well actually it, it's, it's probably related. i was going to say aside from the impact of covid and how i managed mm. that but 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 it is related which is that um particularly over the last few years um we've been uh i guess practicing what, what we preach around uh documenting and and delegating um but particularly um relating to my roles um uh, over the last year or so, um, because partly because we've been working on this new uh, uh, software product uh, with Air Manual, yeah, we um, we needed to carve out more of my time, um, you know, and, and pull myself uh, so that I wasn't uh, uh, full uh, as full time um, on the on my other software business, uh, Spider Gap, and so um, rather than document and delegate some of the activities I was doing 
Um, I was largely getting to a point where the uh, I was documenting and delegating all of the activities that wow. I was doing. Okay. Um, and to the to the point now that I am not operationally required in in Spider Gap day to day. And in fact, I'm really proud uh, of not only the whole team because they do a fantastic job and uh, uh, you know day-to-day uh, I'm not required there as evidenced by the fact that over the last uh, week in fact my uh, unfortunately my family uh, got COVID first the kids through school and then my mm. wife uh, yeah. she was really ill with it and so uh, over the last few days I've been doing a lot of homeschooling including today in okay. fact yeah um, uh, and and so I've been completely out of out of the business but the team just manages it they 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 sure. all business as usual gets done but also they tackle all the biggest issues in the business as well because of the rhythms and the processes and the um uh, tools that we've got in place um and a great example of that would be in the area of finance because uh, i mentioned that you know with my notional hat on as cfo yeah. i've uh, always kind of done the finances in the business and it wasn't till um it was sort of may of last year um in 2021 uh, that uh, i finally decided right i'm gonna we're gonna hire a finance administrator yeah. and these tasks are coming off my list was that the um, last thing to go because i find you know and in my businesses i've had in the past mm-hmm it was always one of the first things because yeah. I, I'm a bit of a spender. Okay. I love spending money and I need somebody with better governance and better financial nouns than me. So in all my businesses, that was the first thing. First thing I got other than that, you know, I've had construction business. So I had to get somebody else to do the construction because I'm rubbish with my hands, but in the office, the, the, the accounts person was the first person, but for many businesses, it's the last thing that goes, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, it's the one thing that they don't like, you know, people dealing with the bank and making payments and making those kind of decisions. You know, was it the last thing or were, were there other things that have come after? I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd say largely it's, it's, the, it's been the last thing. Um, yeah. And I think the reasoning for me would be that, um, firstly, uh, managing the costs in the business is one of the biggest levers that I can pull. Um, and particularly, you know, relating to uh, things like payroll that are kind of part yeah. of that. Um, having a good understanding of that, you know, five percent either way in terms of your payroll costs makes a huge difference for most sure. businesses, um, you know, ours included. Um, and so, um, uh, so partly uh, that, for that reason, partly because I I, I feel like whenever I've been um, uh, when it, in the past when I was a consultant or when I uh, you know I, I still do the odd bit of coaching or consulting for for other businesses, and often one of the roles I like to kind of play at when I go in is imagining if I'm if I was the CFO here what and let me okay let me start off with the balance sheet and the profit and loss and the mm. accounts because often that tells the the reality of the business rather than you know what uh, what you might be told by the yeah, yeah. business owner and so I, I always found that that was a useful lens for me to to look at my own business just through that yeah. finance um, and then thirdly um, uh, as you say risk you know uh, particularly um, because we followed um, the lessons from the uh, book Profit First, um, oh, yeah. Mike yeah, McCullowitz, yeah. you know, uh, over a number of years, we've been fortunate enough to put aside profit month after month, yeah, yeah. Uh, as recommended. And as a result, have decent cash reserves that have meant that when something like COVID comes along, um, we're able to be very confident and know that even if we had you know, yeah. zero revenue for a very long period of time, we'd still be able to pay yeah. our existing costs yeah. and so on. So um, and 
And so handing over the keys to bank accounts, uh, you know, has has a high uh, degree of risk. So um, it and it wasn't about not feeling like I could trust people. It was about getting our processes and tools to a level of maturity that there were sufficient controls in place for yeah. that. Um, and so that that's why that's kind of in the the yeah. last area yeah and that makes um, sense but it's yeah, yeah. but but, move, but moving it over has been um I, I wish i'd done it sooner because i've yeah. seen far more benefit than i expected yeah yeah i bet so talking ab- about the benefits and, and you know taking that step away and like you say when you can do that and that business doesn't need that operational side of you day to day what kind of difference has that made to the business first of all and the second part of the question is what kind of difference has it made to you and the development of air manual sure so um in terms of what it's done uh, for the business so firstly um because i'm no longer a blocker <laughs> th- mm-hmm. things are a lot smoother in the company um you know i when i when i wrote the processes for the finance administrator when um when she was taking on uh initially the role of payroll lead um and then over time over the following weeks um she used the self-serve onboarding checklists that uh, that i developed um to be able to upskill into other areas so uh, taking on then accounts payable then accounts receivable uh, then recording and reporting and by the way i took on all of that in four weeks total with wow. zero finance expertise or experience before joining yeah her, her background happened to be um she was a, a maths maths grad really really smart when uh, went through our recruitment process which we assess for attention to detail and always looking to improve and yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially our core values. values yeah yeah exactly um and uh, so we assess on values and and then some skills for the role but we're not primarily looking at the experience and in yeah. in it just so happened in her case because we had uh, we had over 300 applicants because one of the benefits of yeah. recruiting globally and not minding where people are based over 300 applicants and we filtered down filtered down filtered down ended up with a few excellent candidates um and uh yeah and and that was the top pick so she, with no experience four weeks trained up on all of those there's, things there's a benefit just in itself isn't it yeah absolutely and so so by documenting those things um to pass them over firstly i didn't have to spoon feed the whole way she was able <laughs> to run those processes and check in at key points in fact um right now uh which she's, she's running our profit share scheme for for our staff which is a, yeah. an annual process um she's using the checklist like i i'm not having to train like she's gone and found the checklist that i created yeah, yeah. a year ago before Fantastic. she even joined the organization yeah, yeah. um and she recently she did our you know r&d tax claim you know things that are complex and things that i've had to learn but then the very last time i did it i documented it as i did it so that someone else could then take it over and, and, and I, I think i think that's something very important though we'll we'll come on to the air manual in a minute because if if you have done that as you have learned it, mm. there's an element of um, sort of being street savvy in being able to share that with other people. Because very often when we learn things from other people, we learn it in an educational way, where actually what she's doing is she's picking it up in an implementation way yeah. of educating, isn't she? This is how it is done, you know, and... You know, it's not the theory, is it? You know, you're getting the theory and the practice put both together. together. And that's what makes that so much better for her as well, isn't it? You know, and I've seen that in, in many of my businesses as, as well. So what, what kind of difference has that made to Air Manual then? 
And I've got a question to ask you about Emmanuel in a moment, but just just give us a little bit of a difference it's made to to that side of the business or to that business. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, so it probably makes sense for me to uh, sort of briefly explain a little bit about what mm, Emmanuel please. is and 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 then it, then uh, my role in it and and someone will make more sense. So um, Emmanuel is a online uh, software tool. Uh, that you can use to document uh, your checklists, which might be, um, or document processes and onboarding as checklists and yes. really interactive checklists too. So not just like a Word document where you create a long list and then someone has to look through 40 or 50 pages. And, you know, if they get distracted because they go making themselves a cup of coffee or uh, it's the end of the day and they come back to it the following day, like I have to find where were they? Um, yep. They can't easily check things off as they go along. They can't easily capture information as they go along. And of course, if they have been, if at any point you want to change that process, it's very painful to do so. You know, are you changing the master document or the copy and all these sorts of things? Who's got their own copies? Yeah, exactly. And everyone's got their own copy and so on. So whereas with Air Manual, what you've got is the ability to create uh, these checklists as, uh, as sort of a tip list and so on. And it's got the ability to include uh, screenshots and videos and text input so you can actually collect data through it. Um, and so it, it provides really powerful functionality for it. But the key is that it's designed to be really easy to use and, and uh, follow um, for the person that's actually following the process so that they can read what they need to read, tick off, move to the next step and so on. Yeah. And it all sort of concertinas so that they're only seeing what they need to see at that point. So it's not overwhelming. It doesn't feel sure. like you're working through a 50 page process, even if actually, if you printed it all out, it would be, it would be. In, yeah, yeah. instead it feels light. And, and that's particularly important for some of the onboarding where, for example, into my um, uh, into air manual, when I hired um, our uh, process consultants, I needed to get them upskilled in a lot of different things in terms of understand the tool and our customer and our sales process and how we use our CRM and how you use the tool and uh, to, to uh, help them help customers to map their checklists and uh, the fact that we provide um, free consulting up front for the customer to, to help them map out their processes and how do we do that and what does a good call look like and all these yeah. sorts of things. But that was all created as checklists and it, as, or as an onboarding checklist, yeah. which meant that on the first day, they followed a checklist to learn about the company as a whole. And so anyone joining the company in any role would complete the all company onboarding. But then for them, when they were joining as process consultants, they then went through the process consultant onboarding to learn about that role. And that then uh, took about two weeks for them to go through that process. But the nice thing is that for me, because that particularly, you know, the reason I was hiring is because I was busy, right? I didn't hire the process consultants with while I was just sitting doing nothing. Yeah. I, I was absolutely back to back on calls with customers, either helping them understand how Emmanuel could help them or helping them set up their processes and, and so on which is kind of the point as to why I had to let go of yeah, finance yeah. and other areas is because we ended up oversubscribed on Airmanu. And so, it, you know, I was constantly having to let go of these tasks yeah, yeah. so that I had more time. But then, of course, the next step was, okay, now I need to pass this as well. And so I created this checklist, which meant that my new joiners were able to immediately start learning that process. And over the first uh, two weeks, I think I added it up per, I hired two people at the same time, um, per person, it worked out as uh, one hour total for me over a two week period. 
Now, normally, if you have a new member of staff, you probably expect yeah, yeah. to spend three, six, seven, eight hours a day yeah, for the yeah. first Consistently, few weeks yeah, yeah, exactly. training them up. Yeah. Whereas because I'd done that thinking, that documenting already, it meant that not only was the first person who came in able to learn that while I was still serving customers. And of course, then I got them shadowing calls. So they started to learn and then they took the clients off, off me and they carried on and got amazing feedback, which is a huge relief because yeah. it's the first, first time that I trained someone to be a process consultant. Um, but then, uh, but then of course I didn't have to repeat it all for the, for the second person. Yeah. And when I hire a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth, yeah. I don't have to repeat that same thing. And the value that brings to your business you know, for, for the future is exponential, isn't it? You know, it's, it's huge. So I've got one, one question um, before I get you to share where people can go to find out more about sure. you and, and, the, and the listeners tip as well. Because, you know, I've seen lots of businesses do this. So, you know, I, I, I was very fortunate. You know, one of the first business coaches that I ever had got me on the process of creating what he called how-to manuals very, very early on. And it yeah. served me well in every single business I've had. And the amount of added value it's given me has been exceptional when it's come to, one, making profits in the business, but also, you know, on exit as well. But I see so many people, uh, and my ex-business partner uh, is one of them, where when the business starts to work really well, and you said they're about um, you know, handing off and you know, you're not sat there twiddling your thumbs. But when you get to the point where you can actually start twiddling your thumbs because the business is going so well, you know, and I've been in that situation myself when that's happened several times, there becomes a sabotage effect where people start to not feel so significant you know, when you're not in the day-to-day running of the business and you've been in that business for quite some time, uh, you suddenly think, you know, the business needs me and you don't find something else to do. So you start to sabotage, you start to meddle, you start to tinker. And before you know it, you're spoiling the business that you've actually built. What would you say to anybody listening to this now, Alexis, who is at the point where they're starting to sort of just play with their thumbs a little bit and think I've got a little bit of time on my hands and I'm starting to feel a bit uncomfortable with that. Shouldn't I be doing something? What would you say to those people? You know, you've been through that process. What can you share with them at that point? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, firstly, um, firstly, we should say to them, well done, because they are in, I, I suspect the minority of the audience. <laughs> uh, Cause yep. I think mo- most people would be uh, pretty pleased uh, at the idea that they uh, might be getting to uh, that point, although it is uh, definitely um, achievable. And, um, the, and the rest of the people will congratulate when they do get there because they're heading that way anyway. So e- okay. e- exactly. Yeah. And, if, and, and of course they'll get there by documenting and delegating uh, absolutely. and, getting, and yeah. getting the help from um, manual consultants. And so Correct. Yeah, Correct. sure. So, so assuming that everyone's now all done that, that they pause the podcast and then they're yep. picking it up now having done that, I'd say that um, the first thing is uh, protect the business by making sure that you've got the good rhythms in. So, um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of the book Traction by Gina Whitman. You know, that, yeah. that provides really good structures as to how you should have your meeting structures and your issue trackers and all these sorts of things. And I, I think having those structures helps a lot in terms of avoiding then messing with the, with the business too much, because at least you've still got that pulse running through it. I think also... Um, developing the people and focusing on that as being your new role. I think that that's Mm. been really helpful for me is rather than thinking about the activities I need to do in my business, I think about the people I need to develop. 
and, and the opportunities for them and how I can uh, support them with their personal development. And that's both hugely rewarding uh, for me, just personally in terms of helping, um, but also adds a lot of value and also enables you to put ideas and thoughts. And, you know, if you go away and attend this amazing three-day conference or event or meet a coach or whatever, and you come with this amazing idea, you're able to put it through the filter of a leadership team or whatever by by developing them and um, and seeing whether those things filter through into that. And then, of, and then, of course, ultimately, if you really struggle not to ruin your business because you're <laughs> because you're bored, <laughs> then, yeah. um, then perhaps extract yourself a bit further and uh, work on a new product or new business. And actually, yeah. new product is probably one of the best things you can do is because often I think that um, and I know this with other businesses that I've advised um, that the business owner gets to a point where they've grown it so much and they kind of imagine that, oh, well, this leadership team should now just be able to operate like I was. Um, and and they're normally pretty happy with ha- where they can get the leadership team to do in terms of keeping the lights on and business as usual, yeah. but normally pretty un- unhappy with ha- you know, the lack of innovation and ideas and so on. But of course, the reality is the business owners hasn't hasn't de- of, often hasn't developed those things in the leadership team. And of course, unless that te- unless that company has built multiple new products and innovations with that leadership team, then of course they haven't got the skills and the experience right. to do it. But of course, that business leader has and can go and do something else. And yeah. to some extent, that's kind of what we've done with uh, with our other software business. And you know, I'll uh, and I expect that over the. I'm excited that over the coming years we get to kind of do it all over again and yeah. grow the team again. and help loads of customers. And then, uh, and, and then at some point maybe we'll have the same problem of yeah, having yeah. to then work onto another product. But that's yeah. okay. Yeah. No, no, that's a great answer. So thank you for sharing that. And I think listeners, there's uh, two or three things there that you can think about. So. Um, I know that the links are going to be in, in the show notes, uh, Alexis, but just tell the listeners where they can go. What's the best way of reaching out to you? Is there anywhere that you want to send them to to find out more information about you and uh, your air manual or, or anything else? What, what would you like to share with the listeners on that side? Absolutely. So if anyone would like to learn more about Air Manual and indeed uh, arrange a call with one of our process consultants. um, And as I say, not only can you learn about the tool through that call, um, but they will help through a series of free calls, helping you to document and solve a particular problem in your business. So it's uh, uh, hugely valuable. And I've I've had business owners that we've managed to save uh, three hours a day uh, within uh, the first couple of calls. Um, and so it's, you know, it's really significant, the impact that can be had. So I highly recommend they go to airmanual.co. So that's A-I-R-M-A-N-U-A-L.co um, to go check out more about the tool, more about the services we provide and arrange a demo. Um, I'd love for people to connect with me. They can, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Alexis Kingsbury. Uh, I think it's LinkedIn dot uh, com forward slash alexis kingsbury um uh, and, and we'll put the uh, links into the show notes for that so, great. Yeah. so feel, feel free to uh, you know reach out and find me there and uh, say hello send me a message or email me at alexis at emmanuel.co um say hello if this has been useful to you if you've got yeah, questions please. feel free to to reach out um and uh yeah uh, uh, those are some of the ways in which, in which people can reach me um and and one thing I would say to anybody listening to this, you know, if you have a, a business, you know, even if it's you're a service-based business, a coach, consultant, or any other service-based business, you know, I've I've used sort of 
checklists and documents and manuals. I've had nothing like the kind of software that you've mentioned because it wasn't around in those days uh, and, you know, couldn't get hold of things like that. But you know, it makes such a difference, not only to the success of the business, but the value that you're building in the business. It makes uh, you know, everybody in the business so much happier. Your retention rates of staff will be better. You know, everything you, know, you mentioned, Mike McCallowitz and Profits First, you know, his book Clockwork, I, you know, I often use, it makes Love everything clockwork. in the business run just like clockwork. So, yeah, listeners, definitely go check that out. Emmanuel.co is the place to go. And, of course, connect with Alexis on um, LinkedIn as well. And, in, in fact, we're also um, going to be running some webinars on a variety of topics, including, you know, how to uh, yeah. spend um, how to spend less time in your business and more time on it um, through some webinars, uh, which people can find at emmanuel.co forward slash webinar. Fabulous. Great. So a couple of things to check out there. So come to the penultimate part of the podcast then, really. If you could give the listeners, and you've given us so much anyway, so I'm so grateful for that, as, as many of our guests do. If you could just give us one tip or one lesson that we can take away and do something with, what would that be today? As you say, we've covered lots of different things, mm. uh, everything from skateboarding to... <laughs> to yeah, yeah, who to, knew? To, See, told you to go off to, a different yeah, direction. Exactly. Um, but, but I think um, it's, it's probably a, a tip or a lesson best encapsulated in the book, The One Thing. Um, and I think that's, that's something that particularly, you know, right at the start of the podcast, we talked about how there's so many things. It can be quite overwhelming for a business owner. Um, and I think often business owners approach documenting their business in a similar way where they imagine they have to document the whole thing and that that's the aim you know particularly yeah. if they're either thinking that they want to sell the business at some point or they just feel like they're not getting to go on a holiday or they you know just trying to grow the business yeah. and they think i need to document the whole thing but of course the reality is you don't need to document the whole thing immediately you need to do one thing at a time and i guess the asking that question of what's causing the biggest problem for you right now and start with that. And I think that's that's the power of being um, successful in business is often about asking, using that critical thinking to identify what is the real problem that is holding me back right now and then yeah. focus all your attention on it because I am yet to come, up, uh, come against a problem that I've focused on for more than three months and it hasn't then ended up solved and I've got a new biggest problem. Yeah, yeah, Whereas, yeah. whereas when I treat multiple problems simultaneously, yes, then they linger. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's really important because, you know, um, certainly I've made that mistake in the, in the past over the years of documenting a process and choosing the, the one that's working well or the simplest one. And the, the outcome of that is that yes, you get to document it and it's quite easy to document, but you don't see the value in it. If you can actually get a big problem and document it and through that process of documenting it, reach a solution and come to a realization of that solution, then the value that you see in the process of creating the documentation is there and that will get you incentivized to do the next one and the next one and the next one, won't it? So I think that's a, that's a great, great, great tip to share there. So yeah, Completely start, agree, start with yeah. that. Yeah. And the one thing. Final question then, Alexis, if you were to have your next Nescafe instant coffee, 
with a slightly Azara. Azara. Just in case they're listening and want to send bon them to bon bon yeah. yeah, Sam samples readily uh, accepted. Um, if you were going to have that coffee with the slightly uh, frothed, manually milked uh, addition to it, where would the dream location of having that coffee be? And you've got all these people that yeah, are all around the world that are part of a team. Where would your dream location be for that next coffee? Oh, this is going to sound tweet because there are some amazing places in the world and I'm fortunate to have been to some fantastic ones. You know, um, my wife and I particularly love going off to um, places like in you know, Finland and Sweden and getting yeah. into the snow and husky oh. driving and all these th- sorts of things on holidays and, and whatever. But uh, to be honest, like just being sat with my family and particularly with my wife, just having a coffee. And in fact, you know, after after a, a morning's skateboard to school, <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite things to do is that, you know, when my wife turns to me and says, you know, when's your first call? Have we got time to go for a coffee together and just going for a, to a coffee shop in Stamford is one of my favorite things in the day. So um, that would yeah. be it. There you go. Although they then obviously have a slightly different formula for making the coffee yes. in those coffee yeah. shops. You have to take your own and ask for the water. <laughs> yeah. and it's I such, think that and really is frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, but it is such a lovely place as well, isn't it? If, if anybody is in the UK or you're travelling to UK and you get to go to Stamford, it is an amazing uh, place to go and visit. And there's some, you know, some great sort of pubs and restaurants and uh, places oh, to visit around there as well so yeah yeah definitely. i highly recommend people give it a google because you'll be surprised at what you see it's uh, yeah. uh for various reasons it's basically got an entire architecture that's been held back into the 1600s and as yeah. a result it's a very beautiful town with lots of independent shops and restaurants and bars and definitely. things which are definitely. fantastic and feel, and if you do decide or you happen to be visiting feel free to reach out and i'll give you some recommendations yeah and, yeah uh, pa- pa- perhaps even go for a, a, a glass of wine or a, or a pint of beer yeah sounds of <laughs> craft beer of course yeah as you say. it will be craft beer yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or a or a single cask malt whiskey yes that'd be good that'd be good that definitely do me definitely do me <laughs> Yeah, you've been an amazing guest. You've shared some uh, incredible insights. Uh, and I think you know, your seven year old son's lesson that uh, we've also taken away from this is, you know, daddy, you just need to learn more. That's right. Uh, so I think that and you know, everything you shared was has made this such a valuable uh, podcast and Listeners, I hope you've taken something of amazing value away. I'm sure you will. The most important thing now is do something with it. Pick that one thing in your business and go out there, check out Air Manual and look at how you can create a, a checklist and a document that helps you work through that so that you can do it time and time again, as Alexis has said, and do it in record time. You know, you've heard such amazing things of taking people through an onboarding process in such a short space of time. You can do the same. Everybody can do the same. I've done it in my business in the past. You can do it in yours as well. And if I'd have had a software like this, I'd be in a lot more different place now. Definitely. Uh, thank you for being a great guest and thank you for sharing such insights. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be better aware, better educated and accountable. So share with us what you do with this podcast. Leave us a review. Tell us what difference it's made to you and your business by going through and using some of the tips that you've heard and you've listened to in this podcast. And I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. 
Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.